Okay. Good morning, everybody. So if you don't know who I am yet still, um, my name is Lawrence. I am Kids and Youth Coordinator here. And I'm really glad to be able to share. It's been a few months and I'm excited. But first, I've got to get some notices out of the way. John, give us the just one one. Just one one. That's weird, okay. Um, 2450 prayer, as you've heard, is happening at the minute down in the prayer room. This Friday, though, it's going to change a wee bit. We're going to be doing 24 hours of worship. And there is these flyers which have all the different stuff that is happening throughout the day. So we have a family worship time from 4 to 5 p.m. with Reuben Johnston. Yeah, our youth worker. Um, so that'll be great. Bring your families um, to that. That'll be fun. Also, there is an evening celebration with a band from CSC. So that's from 8 until 10. But there's lots of different stuff. Grab one of the flyers and it's, it's going to be an amazing time. We'd love for you to join us and not for it just to be the worship leaders there by themselves. Okay, But if you don't come, they will still worship. Um, but we'd love it if you would join us and we just raise this battle cry. We, we, we're singing, singing this song at the minute, Raise a Hallelujah. And um, yeah, it's good to do that. Also, as well, um, the sign-up sheet is at the back for the 2450. Some space is remaining. If you've signed up, please check um, when you've signed up and turn up. That would be good. Um, what has happened sometimes is people haven't turned up and then people have maybe stayed. And I know, even for example, Heather, there was one day she had to stay for three hours and she signed up for one. And that's great, she got to pray for so long, but it would be better if someone else had turned up, wouldn't it? Um, so that would have been good. We're, we're continuing our series at the minute, well, in Kids and Youth. It's called Truth Then Dare. And this month for May, we, we're calling this God is Holy, Dare to be Holy. And I think that fits really well with what I'm speaking about today, which is how to pray. Because how do we become more holy? How do we become like God? Well, it's by spending time in his presence. It's by building that relationship with him. Because when you're in his presence, as, as that song was going on, you, you can't help but be more like him. Because he is a good God. He is holy. But I thought what we would start with is how not to pray. Now, we go around lots of schools. We, we started our 44th school on Friday. Um, with lifeguards or healthy heart program. And when we're fitness instructing, we're showing lots of different exercises. And we always find if you show kids how to do it first, and then you show them how not to do it, it's more likely that they're going to do it the way you've shown them how not to, because that's what they remember most. They're like, um, how do you do this? Oh, oh, um, you do it yeah, the way they show us not to. So we thought, we'll start with this. We're going to watch a wee bit of a clip um, on how maybe not to pray. So let's watch the screens. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, or as our brothers to the south call you, Jesus, we thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of Domino's, KFC, and the always delicious Taco Bell. I just want to take time to say thank you for my family, my two beautiful, beautiful, handsome, striking sons, Walker and Texas Ranger, or TR, as we call them. I also want to thank you for my best friend and teammate, Cal Naughton Jr., who's got my back no matter what. Shake and bake. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, we also thank you for my wife's father, Chip. We hope that you can use your baby Jesus powers to heal him and his horrible leg. And it smells terrible, and the dogs are always mm. bothering with it. Mm. Dear tiny infant Jesus. Hey, um, you know, sweetie, Jesus did grow up. You don't always have to call him baby. 
It's a bit odd and off-putting to pray to a baby. Well, look, I like the Christmas Jesus best, and I'm saying grace. When you say grace, you can say it to grown-up Jesus or teenage Jesus or bearded Jesus or whoever you want. You know what I want? I want you to do this grace good. So, yeah, when I think of how not to pray, it, that's probably what kind of comes right up in my mind. He's, he's praying to the baby Jesus. We'll, we'll get to that a wee bit later on. But yeah, we're talking about how to pray, and I will never be able to sum it all up in, in 15 minutes or, or less. I, I'll try my best, okay? But um, Jesus taught us how to pray in Matthew chapter 6, 9 to 13. He says, pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy, may your kingdom come soon, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Now, we'll go into that, that prayer as we go along, but as I was thinking about today, I've actually been reading Pete Gregg's book, How to Pray, and I thought, well, I could just do like a really good book review and like pass it off as a really good sermon, um, but God, he had different ideas. He was speaking different stuff to me because I've also been reading this book um, by Henry Cloud and John Townsend called Boundaries with Kids, and actually, as I've been learning about boundaries for kids, I've been thinking about why God doesn't give us everything we want, everything we pray for, and, and how that is actually a very, very good thing. One of the things I'm talking about in schools at the minute is, is boundaries, and well, because of this book. But if you think about it, on a football pitch, or a netball pitch, or any sport, those lines are there to stop chaos. Because even with the lines, if the, if the ball goes out, people are kind of disputing whether it was out or in, or whether it crossed the line for a goal, and those lines give us, well, they're boundaries to stop chaos. If you've seen Bruce Almighty, there's a point where he just says yes to everything. Like, no matter what they're asking, he's just copying and pasting yes. And chaos ensues. It, it just happens. It's just like chaos everywhere because everybody gets exactly what they want. And one of the things these um, Christian psychologists talk about is this thing called a sense of entitlement. It's when someone feels as if people owe them things or special treatment simply because they exist. It's kind of like, do you not know who I am? Like, yeah, seriously, it's me. I deserve everything. I deserve the best. And they say it's one of three or four destructive character traits that cause the most misery in people's lives. It's this sense of entitlement. And I kind of think it's, it's when we get too much of what we want and not enough of what we need. People say, well, why can't you just do what you want and then worship God? Why do you have all these you know, commandments? Well, it's boundaries. It's not rules. It's to stop chaos taking off and stop chaos happening. If I think of a sense of entitlement, well, these two kind of people kind of spring to mind. The, the most overplayed footballers who think, well, yeah, I deserve this. I don't even have to perform well to pick up my paycheck. And it's, it's really sad being a Man United fan at the minute because I do support them. Um, it's, it's not good times. But when I think about that, I do, I think, well, this, these are overpaid stars who maybe have too much ego. They have this sense of entitlement. I wonder if you've ever seen the people who cross the road really slowly when they can clearly see that there's a car driving towards them. Um, we, we get the lads around the local area who will just kind of walk out in front of traffic and they're just like... Um, yeah, do you know who I am? You just, you'll just stop for me, okay? And actually, I, I see that all the time because we do street work um, Fridays and Saturday nights. There's these lads who just, yeah, maybe don't have boundaries. But then last week, I was coming out of Boosham, 
and there's this fancy hotel beside Boozham, and these three guys who looked like they were wearing very expensive clothes got out of a taxi, and they walked slowly, exactly like the lads from maybe from around here. And I thought, well, actually, those traits that we see in those maybe rich people who, who don't have limits is the same with these boys from this working class area who maybe don't have boundaries. It's this sense of entitlement which can be dangerous. This, the opposite of envy and entitlement then is, is gratitude. It's what God is trying to teach us through prayer, prayer is to have gratitude. Because if you give to entitled, envious people, it profits them or you nothing. But if you give to grateful people, they feel overwhelmed with how fortunate they are and how good you are. God's solution for entitlement is humility. And, and for me, that is why prayer is one of the greatest parenting tools that God uses to teach us this humility. Because humility isn't thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less, which is very hard in a selfie-obsessed society. I was really struck by this um, photo well, I saw it recently, was when Hillary Clinton came to, to greet lots of her fans, but everybody turned uh, with their selfies to, to take a picture with them and Hillary. But it's kind of showing that we always need to be in the picture. It always needs to be about us a wee bit. And that is not humility. We hear in Hebrews 4.16, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. And if you take that um, just in isolation, we think, well, yeah, I can be bold. I can ask for, for bold things. But I really believe that in order to come boldly before the throne, we must first learn to come humbly. And that is what God is trying to teach us through prayer, to come humbly before the throne. And as we do that, then we come boldly. So as I was thinking about um, prayer and maybe thinking, well, actually, God, it would be so much easier if you could just let me use Pete Gregg's stuff. You know, there is some stuff in there. But he, I felt these five questions, these five W's, W5, I'm really on my heart. And when I was thinking about, well, the first one, who? Well, when we pray, we don't come to, to baby Jesus. And if you look at even this, the, how many people came to church at Christmas compared to Easter, yes, we do. We prefer the baby Jesus. But actually, as the girl said in the clip, Jesus grew up, he died on a cross, and he now sits at the right hand of the Father. We don't come to baby Jesus to pray. This week, I became an uncle, and this is my, my niece, Myla, Myla um, and I'm really excited to, to just watch her grow, but I'm glad she's not going to stay so tiny, because it was a wee bit scary. She was only six pounds and four ounces, and I was like, oh, she's so tiny. I'm excited. Yes, she's really cute, but I'm excited about watching her grow into a beautiful young woman and getting to be part of that journey. When we come to pray, we don't come to Santa. He's not going to give us everything on our list. We don't come to Cupid. He's not going to make someone fall in love with us, okay? And we're not coming to God as a genie, okay? Aladdin's coming out soon. There's a wee plug, okay? And even the genie says he can't make people fall in love with you. That you're going to have to do by just being a good, humble person and, yeah, loving people. We come to God as our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. What? What do we pray? This is where Pete Gray comes. Um, I love this. Keep it simple. Keep it real. Keep it up. God wants to know what's on your heart. You don't have to go into this character where you're like, I'm going to turn into a prayer warrior now. 
you know, and you, you come up with all these fancy words. God wants to hear from you because you are his child. He's created you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. So keep it simple. Keep it real. Keep it up. And he breaks it down into these four things. Pause, rejoice, ask, and yield. And I'm not gonna, I'll not give too many spoilers. I would love you for you to buy the book. But pause. We saw um, where Kyle was on the laptop and he was, his face was in the screen and he was shooing people away, but then he was compelled when, when they showed him the Bible, and he paused. He shut the laptop down and thought, yeah, I, I'm, I'm ready. I, I want to engage in this. Rejoice. Well, we come before God with worship. It says, may your name be kept holy. We ask, so maybe that's ask for forgiveness. Maybe it's to ask for provision. Maybe it's to ask for healing for somebody. But the last one is so important as well, because otherwise it's just prayer is pray yield, that we say, God, not my will, but yours be done. It means surrender. One of the things I find really weird about um, going across the border is stop signs turn to yield signs. Um, And it it took me a wee while to get used to that, but what it's saying is surrender, submit to the road. And this is what we need to do with God when when we're praying. Next one, where? Well, anywhere. Where do you pray? Well, it's anywhere. And one of the things that I loved about um, Pete Gray's book was that he was talking about how you can pray while you exercise. And if you know me well, I was very chuffed to hear that because I kind of thought, I always had this picture in my head that you had to be like, you know, shut yourself in a dark room for 30 minutes and, you know, um, be like a monk or something. Um, But actually, I love what he says here. And so this is about kinetic centering. He says, Occasionally, none of this works. So everything that he's just said, he said, occasionally, none of it works. Sometimes I am too wound up to find inner stillness. Can anybody relate? Yeah. Um, With any of these sedentary ways. When this happens, I will instead use physical exercise to burn off a little adrenaline and calm my mind. It's a shame that so few of the experts on prayer have ever acknowledged the importance of movement and exercise for those of us who are active learners and external processors at least 50% of the population. In fact, most of the classic texts on prayer go to great lengths to advocate the exact opposite, describing in detail how to sedate our bodies and shut out all external physical distractions in order to center our senses on Christ. He says, I used to worry that these were so, there was something wrong with me because I found it nigh on impossible to be still, to switch off my brain and sit in silence for any length of time without getting distracted or falling asleep. Again, I can really relate to that. I would often find myself pacing around prayer rooms talking out loud. I seem to prefer to draw a picture, however badly, than to imagine one. I often wanted to pray aloud, not in my head and with other people, not on my own. This embarrassing inability to achieve something as straightforward as sitting still and doing nothing for more than a few minutes made me feel unspiritual, doomed to be bad at prayer, certain that I was missing out on some higher echelon of divine encounter. But then a school teacher mentioned that many of his pupils process information kinetically by doing things actively rather than sitting at a desk passively. I met athletes who said they found it easier to encounter God by cycling or running or swimming rather than sitting still with their eyes closed and their hands together like we were taught to pray at Sunday school. Yep, I, I definitely um, sit, sit, kind of thought that as well. I met artists who wanted to paint and sculpt and carve their prayers, dancers who needed to move, and musicians who chose to drum or rap their prayers. I began to realize that serenity does not always have to be silent. 
cerebral, solitary, or even static, stillness can be active. In fact, recent medical research has discovered that exercise can be more effective than sitting still as a way of calming the brain, diffusing stress, and stimulating clarity of thought. I'm not saying that stillness is unimportant. It is vital, as we have seen. But as your heart pressure increases in the first 20 minutes of exercise, a protein called BDNF, 17, I have no idea what that is, is released to repair your memory neurons while activity in your brain increases to improve concentration. You kind of get the point there. It's good to move. And you don't need to think, actually, I'm, I'm a heathen because I can't sit still and pray. Well, actually, move, and you can encounter God in those ways. I love going up mountains, going to the gym. That is how I encounter God as well as sitting still. I still think it's so important. When? Well, Ephesians 6, 18 says, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. It's about trying to have just a constant conversation with God. It doesn't have to be out loud. It doesn't have to be in a prayer room. It can be at all times. We'll not make that any more complicated. And the last one then is, is why. Well, why? Because no relationship can survive without communication. And it shouldn't be one way. It should be two-way communication. It should be us talking to God, but also listening to him to see what he has to say back because real communication is impossible without listening. And sometimes, if you've ever heard that saying, the problem with communication is we don't listen to understand, we listen to reply. We're just like, yeah, I heard what you're saying, but this is what I think. And, well, yes, we're talking about silence um, as well, but listen and silence, silent have the same letters. I really don't think that that is a coincidence. Yes, I, I might go up mountains to, to chat to God, but I don't have to have my music on. I can just take in nature and be silent before him. And just as I come to close, after I was thinking about those five questions, um, I felt God put these three words on my heart about how we can see this community, this city, this, this land revived. And it's by praying consistently because we can never see progress without doing something consistently. Persistently, by being persistent and, and not giving up just because we don't get it the first time we ask. And the last one is to resist in prayer. When we face temptation, as Jesus prayed, don't let us yield the temptation, but rescue us from the evil one that we resist with prayer. The prayer should be our first line of defense and our first line of offense. Because most of the times we just wait until the last minute before we bring God into the conversation. God wants to be our first line of defense and our first line of offense. I'm going to ask the band to come back up and, um, and lead us, but just as we round off, Pete Craig, it's so simple. You might think, well, maybe it's too simple. And actually, that's okay. He says, keep it simple, keep it real, keep it up. As you get used to it, like anything, you start to pick it up more, and yet you just get better at communicating. Like a baby doesn't just um, talk as soon as they're born, like, hello, thanks for bringing me into the world. We learn to communicate. It's the same with prayer. But one of the things that God has really challenged me was about how sometimes we can, be, we can become frustrated. And Clyde and Townsend talk about how that's okay. We need to build up our frustration tolerance. But sometimes we might be asking the wrong question to God. And maybe you keep asking God what he wants you to do, but God is more concerned about the who, about who he wants you to be. 
Or maybe you keep asking God, why? Why is this happening? Why am I going through this? Instead of asking God what he is trying to teach you. And just as, as the guys start to play, I've been really struck um, by the feeding of the 5,000 and that miracle. Um, if, you, if you want to switch over. I mean, the feeding of the 5,000, we can have this picture in our head that the miracle that God, yes, Jesus multiplied the bread and the wine. Um, no, not the wine, the fish, my goodness. I did think about it more than this. But that it just multiplied before their eyes. He did this amazing miracle and we can think that that is the way God is gonna answer all our prayers. But would it have been any less of a miracle if God, if Jesus compelled people, local bakers, local fishermen, to, to come to that crowd with bread and with fish? Would it have been any less of a miracle if word had spread that there was a need and people responded to that need? And I think, no, it wouldn't have been less of a miracle because Jesus would have been providing. And sometimes we can just say our prayer and just let it go when actually God then wants to use us. Like the kids were going around sharing God with the other kids, he wants to use us to be the answer to other people's prayers. And I think that is so important. Sometimes we can just put all it all on God. It's all on his shoulders. It's his, it's his thing. He has to come through. But actually, God wants to use us maybe to be a miracle for other people. So we need to get that out of our heads that the miracle is always going to be that these things appear, you know, miraculously because God might want to use us to be that miracle. And would that be less of a miracle? No, because God would be providing and he would be doing amazing things. Can we all stand? And let's just, let's just close our eyes. God, I just want to know you more. So struck by, by that, that drama earlier. We want nothing else but you. We want to be caught up in your presence. We want to know you more, God. We want to go deeper in our relationship. Help us to stop just with, with surface prayers, with, with just palming you off with, with small talk, God. Help us to, to share what's on our heart, to be real. Help us to know we come before a great God who is able, but I pray that we would come not just boldly, but humbly, God. So help us to surrender to your will, to yield. And we pray that you would just help us to see what you're teaching us through this season and know that you are a good God no matter what. And just if we don't get away, that doesn't mean you're a bad God. You're still good no matter what because of the cross. Thank you for Jesus.